Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome back to part three of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Okay, so enjoy part three of the podcast. You dumb motherfuckers, you put a fucking wire on me? (laughs) They fucking strip me down naked and the cops are just like uh really like but you 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 just walked out the doors of prison why would they search you and he's like i don't give a fuck don't do this like they did they did my fucking indonesian like... nuts were just a twirling in the breeze like samuel jackson in pulp fiction look man i respect you but don't put me in this position all right <laughs> yeah, like... yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah samuel jackson yeah. Maybe I'm just saying, Jules, it's dangerous to have a race car in the red. <laughs> oh, you're in the red! <laughs> well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> One of the best scenes of all time, just so you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he was basically channeling his uh, uh, Jules Winfield, Jules Winfield. Uh, in yeah. that particular scene where he fucking tears into these guys. I wouldn't but go I mean, so that's the thing. I wouldn't that's... go so far as to call him fat, but you know, he's got a weight problem. What's he going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. do? He's Samoan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's he going to do? He's Samoan. Um, when you look at gangster movies like that, or you look at movies where you know you've got a cop going undercover, mixing in with the gangsters, it's always really, it's always really cool from the standpoint that you know the cop is the moral one. You know the cop is the right one. But the gangsters are always the cool one, you know. Yes. Like, yeah. You you're you're always like, oh yeah, he's gonna go break up the gangsters, and then he becomes friends with them, and then starts doing gangster shit, and you're like, oh man, that's so awesome. That's really and then, cool, course, though. Come on, you know, man. Yeah, yeah. You always have you always have those moments, and just like every one of them fucking does it, where it's like, okay, now that cop has to make the choice between does he want to be loyal to his friends, who they're not really his friends. Or that. But this film doesn't really do that. This film doesn't really have Rama get caught up in the lifestyle at all. He just wants to finish this job. And yeah, he get wants home out and get family. back. Yeah, he wants to get yeah, back to his like wife and kid. Like, he has no time for this shit at all. Like Tom Sizemore in... Uh, Tom Sizemore in True Romance. He's like, yes. do you know how much I fucking hate this hair? I've been hanging around with these assholes for two fucking years. Like, <laughs> That was in Point Break. But that was another one. 
Yeah, and Point Break, that was the other one where, you know, Keanu Reeves gets caught up and that fucking surfer gangster bank robber lifestyle was really appealing and he started loving it. And they were fucking it. cool. Yeah, they, they were the cool ones. Goddamn back off, war child. The ex-presidents, Listen, yeah. Back off, war I have child. Never, I have yeah. never said back off, war child, yet. And I know we did that episode like a year ago and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way to work back off, war child. Like, to deliver that seriously to someone and I have not yet found the opportunity to do it. But I will. Well, I need a dickhead somewhere who looks vaguely like that guy. To yes. act out of place Anthony so that Kiedis. I can say, back <laughs> yeah. off, War. No, Warchild was that big muscly motherfucker with the with the the dreads, right? Oh, I can't remember if Warchild was Anthony Kiedis or no, Anthony, Anthony from Cyborg. Yeah, he was the big motherfucker. Warchild okay. was the big guy. Anthony Kiedis was I don't know, Ant or Spliff or fucking Cooch <laughs> or whatever the fuck is Spliff name was. Biff. <laughs> Roach, Roach, yeah, Roach was the kid that jumped out of the out of the plane at the end, dead when he just yeah. flipped back like whoa, yeah, yeah, that's um, me, Woodchild, chicken lollipop, Roach, <laughs> mini sip, and Bengal, <laughs> liquor maid, that's that guy over there, liquor maid, liquor maid, <laughs> that's the worst nickname ever. Um, Rama calls his wife here. He he calls the cops and bitches at them first, and yes. then he quickly calls his wife, which is actually kind of a nice little scene where, I mean, you know, imagine her. Jesus Christ. He's gone for two yeah. years, and two he's like, hey, years. what's up? Um, so I'm safe. Sorry about the long yeah. wait. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, a little apologies all around for that. Um, how's the kid? Kid yeah, good? Kid's kid? good? <laughs> like. He's trying to catch up, but, I mean, goddamn, you feel the pain here. I really like the fact that he says, can you let me listen to him? Yeah. And, like, don't put him on. I just want to hear him. And the wife just holds the phone out. That's really, that's a really nice dad touch of, like, I just want to fucking hear him. Yeah. And uh, Eco always does a great job acting here. Yeah, I think, um, well, he's a solid He's a, he's a solid actor. He's good in everything that he does. He is, yeah. And, you know, in this in this film, he's gotten a little bit more... Like, when he played Yuta in Morenta Warrior, I thought think that was some really good acting because there's not as much martial arts in it, but, you know, he has moments where he's lost and he's trying to find his way and, and whatnot. And in yeah. the raid, he basically was just like, okay, I want you to ventilate the chest of all these guys with this screwdriver. And he's like, okay, no, no, no problem. <laughs> And in this film, he in this film he gets to do a little bit more acting again, uh, and he does a he does a really good job. Like the shot, of course, of you know he puts the phone up to his ear and it cuts to the kitchen. The phone is in focus. The wife's in the background just chopping up some veggies, and you know she's just answering the phone all casually because she does not expect him to fucking call after two years. No man, it's he's been gone awesome. for two years. It's ridiculous. So after that scene, we get this cut now to. Uh, Uko, who was the gangster's uh, son, Uko, bringing his team of of heavies here into this uh, porn filming warehouse. Oh, fuck, this is funny. This is goddamn ridiculous. They go in here to shake this dude down for his money, and everything goes south pretty goddamn quick. Yeah. And there's some crazy camera work in this. There's some goddamn insane camera work in this fight scene that's coming up. I think that I think that Gareth Evans, because there's there's a couple of things going on. Yeah, like you said, they basically walk into this 
warehouse where they're filming porn. Uh, not only are they filming porn, but there's a little makeshift shitty ass studio where people are <laughs> making copies of DVDs and all this yes. stuff, right? They're just making copies. And then the little piece of shit guy uh, comes in to give them their cut. And they've got, it looks so much like a piece of shit boardroom table that they just made for this film. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like something that they actually bought. And the guy just kind of casually fucking throws it down to the end of the table and says, uh, here, here's your fucking money. And the son is just like, uh, it isn't enough. You uh, That's owe not us from, enough. from before and all this shit. So he basically says, but he's short five grand and shit gets ratcheted up real quick. But later in this scene, dude, there's this fucking hilarious scene where this girl walks out from behind a curtain and she's wearing this strap-on dong. She has like a dong. foot and a half strap-on dick. It's easily a foot and a half. And she's walking <laughs> around and she's complaining that these gangsters are arguing and she's like, hey. Well, she's like, where did you find this guy? Me- and the guy's like, oh, it's yeah. a fucking hitchhiker. It's like, well, fuck, yeah. man. Come on. How am I supposed to work fuck. like this? And he's like, Under well, these- just go back there and fuck <laughs> that guy's asshole. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the conversation, <laughs> he turns around and he's like, hey. And she's like, how do you expect me to work under these conditions? And she's walking around with this fucking horse cock dildo strapped to the front of her. Giant she just, she just opens a mini bar fridge and gets a glass, like a fucking bottle of water. And she's just like, ah, that, this guy's not a professional. I fucking, I was supposed to work there. <laughs> He turns around and he's like, get back in there and fuck that guy's asshole, you stupid bitch. And then he turns around. Yeah. My apologies. Was, sorry about that. Yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. Like, that, when I watched this the first time, I was like, what is happening right now? Was, yeah, what, what the fuck is going on? What is on? going on? Oh, my God. That is a massive hog that that chick yes. has. That's frightening me, and I know it can't come through the TV and get me, but I'm afraid that it will. Like, get me like it's a fucking Wolverine or a badger. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like fucking Rengu. Like it comes flying through the TV. Oh shit! It's Samara with her fucking horse cock. Fucking girl from the ring with fucking shaggly hair. Like Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. So, but yeah, go ahead. this this fight scene, if you if you stop and break it down, is pretty crazy. It's um, mental. But there's one scene we'll we'll talk about it when we get to it. But there's one scene where there is a dude running the length of this big glass fucking window. Yes, and the camera's basically moving backwards, uh, tracking in reverse. And Buddy dives through the window, and the camera fucking goes through too, lands yeah. on its side fucking almost upside down and then flips around and the fighting continues i watched that shot i don't know how many times i watched that shot because i was just like how the fuck did he do that it's so goddamn good yeah i don't even understand that because like the 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 fight the fight itself starts out fairly straightforward with like you said the uh, uko and the little scumbag porn boss or whatever are having their differences of like you owe me more money no i don't and all of Uko's heavies are hanging around the outside here, just kind of watching shit unfold. And Rama sees one of the porn bosses guys sit at the table and sort of very slowly kind of reach his hand under. 
yes. to much like in Tombstone, the way Kurt Russell had that shotgun, that sawed-off shotgun mounted under the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like that. This guy's got this fucking shotgun mounted under this table by a wire. And Rama sees that. And once he sees the, ref- I think it's a reflection in the puddle that he sees, right? Yeah, there's a there's a puddle on the floor. But yeah, this guy, this guy, he kind of looks, um, he kind of looks like Epstein on Welcome Back, Cotter, like an Indonesian yes. Yes, Epstein, which is like the, the pretty cool looking groove that this guy's going on but yeah there's a puddle on the floor which again i don't know how they fucking shot this because the camera uh follows his hands down under the table and then tilts down yep. to a puddle on the floor where you perfectly see the reflection of the sawn off shotgun and you're just like how the fuck did he get that shot i don't know that's digitally added in later because i don't think fuck it's just good because i just don't good. even know how yeah it, i don't understand they figured this out and made it work so perfectly because as soon as Rama sees that shotgun, he just yes. flies into action and then shit just all the wheels fall off and this goes crazy. There's a guy that throws one of the porn executive or porn workers on the table. He kind of shoves him towards the table. So Buddy's gut hits the table and he folds over. He bends forward. So his chest hits the table. And as he starts to get up, he gets shot in the back of the head. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. Like I was like, yep. Jesus, that's good. It's but really when that good. little when that little porn guy comes running across that boardroom table and the Dude. camera's following and yeah. he jumps through, it's it's the it's the best shot in the movie. It's it's the best shot in the film for me. Yeah, it's that shot is one of those ones that catches you so by surprise because he goes to the safe and he gets the whatever he's got like a it's a it's a goddamn like long clip fully automatic handgun like I don't yeah. even know what the fuck it is but he jumps up on the table and runs across it and as he runs this this guy runs across to tackle another dude. But this fucking guy runs and literally jumps sideways. And the fucking yeah. camera follows him. Sideways and like lands on through its the side. window. Yeah. So and then I was like, gets up and tracks him again. I was like, is he is he running? Like, okay, there's a dude sprinting down a fucking boardroom table. And I think there's a cameraman sprinting backwards <laughs> holding yeah. a camera running <laughs> down the table. And then simultaneously they jump sideways out the fucking window. Like it's, it's a really great shot. I still okay. don't know how they did it. I'm going to watch it a million more times. But there's another shot here where they run down the hallway right after that. And I, th- is it, I, I think it's Rama who follows him and smashes yes. the landlord, the, the porn guy's head off a off a light, off a light, and, which is and, awesome. Which breaks. But then he fucking throws him somersaulting through a goddamn glass window and the, and the fucking camera, camera follows him again and ends up ca- like flips over and lands on the camera's back if that's a fucking thing and then stands up and follows the fight again. Like you you said to me the other day when we were talking about this, you said the camera is like that little cricket thing from fucking Harry Potter that he chases in that yeah, game that, that they golden played. Cricket. <laughs> the yeah. fucking golden snitch that he played. <laughs> that, yeah. That's exactly what the fucking camera is. It's like they hired a goddamn X Games drone racer yes. with a camera and hired him to, okay, follow these fucking guys and do whatever you need to do. And they just did that. Like, the and camera's they just insane. did it. Like, when he puts him through the window, he goes through the glass, 
it I don't know how they did it, but it looks like the camera goes through the glass <laughs> yeah. and then flips 180 degrees so it's upside down so Buddy's laying on his back and the floor is at the top of the screen and then as Buddy starts to get up the camera just does a fucking 180 but it doesn't look digital dude like it doesn't look like that's a digital it looks like a fucking cameraman it looks like a guy getting up because it fucking jiggles it jiggles and it feels like it's got weight to it it's not just rotating digitally what's on the screen like that motherfucker threw the camera through the window and it landed <laughs> upside down. And then he jumped through the window and picked it up and, and, and put it, put it right again. Like it's fucking yeah, no. great. Like this is my favorite. I will say it, for me personally, this is my favorite martial arts film camera work in any, any film. It's my favorite. I can't think of any that's better. I honestly can't think of any that's better. Like when you're watching a film and it put it, it's putting you in the fight. Yes. More so than any camera work I have ever seen in my life. You're in the, you're getting thrown through a fucking yeah, window. You're like you're getting <laughs> thrown through the window. You the viewer. <laughs> yeah. But but not in a shitty Steven Seagal I'm nauseous way. Like it yes. tracks the action very like you said, it's a, the guy, the camera guy jumped through the window, landed on his back upside down and then just fucking yes. got up. And then and got kept off filming. And like, continued to film. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it puts you in the perspective, like, you are, like, you are the cameraman, and you're watching it, and you're like, fuck, I'm really good. I'm like, I'm, I'm a really good cameraman. <laughs> like, really great at this. It's, it's almost, it's almost like Hardcore Henry if you were a camera operator. That's what yes. this is. Yeah, That's exactly. what this film is like. Hardcore Henry, the greatest camera operator of all fucking time. <laughs> so that, that fight scene finishes. I think we end up, is it, it's a karaoke scene next, right? Yeah, they go to a karaoke bar and it's, it's, uh, the scene, the scene runs a little long, but I mean, it does, it's basically yeah. trying to showcase some character development i mean i it's it's essentially the gangster son iku is that his name i think it's uko uco uko okay so yeah uko is there he's got two prostitutes and he's just basically treating them like shit he's like yeah sing you fucking dumb whore. i think he calls them or something yeah yeah it's like you do what you're gonna be here for one of two things you're gonna fuck or you're gonna sing go ahead drink some champagne you piece of sh-. like he just really goes off yeah he he goes off to the point where you're just like, oh man, like you made your point. Like you're, you're offside, just piling dude. You're on. Fucking offside. Like you're just piling on at this point. Like you're just really bad. Yeah. And then he takes the like karaoke mic and starts to drive it up her skirt. I think that what they're trying to do in this particular scene is, you know, our hero, Rama, wants to stop it, but he can't. He can't give up who he is. So he basically just sits there and shuts the fuck up. Because he can't stand up to this guy without blowing his cover. Yeah. Yeah, he has to let these girls, unfortunately, kind of take the hit here. And Uko needs to be portrayed very much, I guess, kind of like a uh, like an Uday or Kuse Hussein kind of character. Like, yeah. I'm entitled. Fuck yeah. you. I can do whatever I want. I'll kill you if I need yeah. to. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And you're getting that in this scene. And one of the, the girls that they've hired here goes and pushes the panic button under the table. To get the uh, the guy to oh, come in. Oh, yeah, yeah. To get the doorman to come in, yeah. To get the doorman to come in. Which puts an end to all the, if I may, shenaniganery of uh, yeah. Uko, who's freaking the fuck out here at these girls, grabbing this one girl by the hair and 
telling her to sing, and she's clearly panicking because he's being a crazy yeah. person. And that concludes part three of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part four. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media. At Twitter, we're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes, if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part four, and we will be back in your ears very soon.